0: Welcome to Prep Talk, the Emergency Management Podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the Emergency Management Department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Fanisi.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Bourne.
2: And I'm Allison Panisi.
1: Say it ain't so. Welcome back. Welcome back.
2: Thank you very much. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. We want you to come back as often as you can. So feel free to add Prep Talk to your favorite podcast provider. You can also follow us on social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and more.
1: So before we get into it, for our listeners who might be joining us for the first time, Allison was away on maternity leave and is Great to have her back. It's been a while since we could actually say uh the hosts are Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. So, how has it been?
2: It's been wonderful. Um I'm very happy to be back and to speak with a lot of our guests about what's going on in the emergency management field. We have a great show lined up uh, for this episode especially. Um it's so great to have our whole crew back here on the Prep Talk family. Yeah. Uh, especially you. I have to say, I've missed
1: you. <laughs> I I've missed you too. It's it's been too long. But but happy for you and your family. And uh, on this episode of Prep Talk, we are going to be talking to the United States Secret Service.
2: And that's no secret.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: for our listeners, um, the 74th UN General Assembly opens September 17th. And the first day of high level general debate is September 24th. And the session officially closes on September 30th. Now, why are we telling you this? Well, that's because the U.S. Secret Service plays a key role in having the United Nations here in New York City, especially for this time of year.
1: Mm -hmm. And uh, with the number of notable world leaders and dignitaries that's going to be attending the General Assembly, security is going to be at an all-time high. Yes. Um, We're going to be breaking it all down for you with our special guest from the Secret Service. But before we dive in, you know what time it is. Let us get you updated on the latest news in the emergency management field. Here's your Prep Talk Situation Report.
2: All right, it's the Situation Report. Let's get started.
1: Thank you, Allison. First up, a story that it is going to hurt my heart to talk about. Unfortunately, summer, my favorite season, is quickly winding down. Uh, September 23rd marks the start of fall. And as we know, after fall comes winter, the worst season, I should say. And that is just around the corner. To make matters worse, the Farmers' Almanac just released their extended weather forecast and it's calling for a freezing, frigid, frosty, a lot of F words, <laughs> <laughs> uh, winter for two-thirds of the U.S., including the East Coast. It also said that people on the East Coast will endure the worst of the cold weather. So for our listeners on the West Coast, I envy you. According to the forecast, the western third of the country, places like Cali, can expect a much milder winter. Uh, Winter weather is more than just an inconvenience for people like me. (laughs) It can cause hazardous conditions. So we remind people to winterize their homes and their cars ahead of time. If you need more information about how you can do so, you can also check out nyc.gov slash emergency management, and we have all the tips and tricks on how you can do that. I, I did also find in this article something very interesting. They had the top 20 signs that a rough winter is coming. I'm not going to read all 20 for you, but it was very interesting to, to take a look at. Some of them included woodpeckers shearing a tree, uh, pigs gathering sticks, an unusual abundance of acorns was uh, one of them, squirrels gathering nuts early to fortify against a hard winter. Uh, another one here, which I thought was interesting and may apply somehow to New York City, mice chewing. Seriously to get into your home <laughs> so winter might be coming a lot in new york city
2: honestly omar i sw- i foresee a midwinter trip to the west coast in your future
1: west coast caribbean you name it i will be away
2: all right well we'll hold down the fort here if you decide to do that yes so for our next uh next story up um when you enter the train during your morning commute you are bound to see signs encouraging new yorkers to be alert and report suspicious activity you know, if you see something, say something. Mm -hmm. Well, now the NYPD is bringing that mantra into the 21st century. So earlier this month, the department released what is called CSNYC. It is a free mobile app based on the Crime Stoppers program. So founded in 1983, Crime Stoppers offers rewards of up to $2,500 for anonymous information that leads to arrests uh, and indictments in uh, violent felonies. So now this app, which is available for both Apple iOS and Android devices, which is great, expands the system's capability by allowing users to send video and photos in addition to text. Uh, The app also offers total uh, anonymity to users who are identified only by numerical code, and police officials hope the new app generates additional information that can aid in investigations.
1: In other news, we all know to dial 911 in an emergency. Yep. So now the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, is proposing a new three-digit suicide prevention hotline, 988. Experts say the three-digit hotline can make it easier for more people to call in time of need. Uh, they warn that the current National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number, 1-800-273-TALK, or one 800 273 can be difficult for people to remember in the midst of a crisis. Uh, So the proposal is part of an ongoing effort to encourage Americans to seek help. In 2018, the Lifeline hotline answered more than 2 million calls, up from about 46,000 in 2005, according to the FCC. The agency presented the proposal to Congress in a report in early September and is expected to release more information and seek public comment in the coming months. I think it's a great idea. Uh, Just make it easier for people to contact help in a time of crisis.
2: Absolutely. And mental health is paramount, especially in the field of public safety, um, as we've seen um, in recent months as well. So this is a really great story. All right. And that's the Situation Report. Still to come, we'll be talking with Special Agent Patrick Freeney from the U.S. Secret Service to talk about security measures in place For this year's UN General Assembly, first, here's a public service announcement from New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council.
3: Your daughter doesn't want to talk about why her room is a horrible mess. Your son doesn't want to talk about why he's wearing mismatching socks. Your spouse doesn't want to talk about their bad haircut. Families don't have to talk about everything, but they should talk to plan for an emergency Pack basic supplies in a go-bag, water, canned food, flashlights, batteries, medical supplies, IDs, and some cash. Talk about where you'll meet in case you lose one another. And of course, don't forget to pack the dog treats. Talk to your family and make an emergency plan. Go to nyc.gov readyny or call 311 to make your family's emergency plan. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. You're listening to Prep Talk, the Emergency Management Podcast.
1: You are listening to Prep Talk, and we are back. Joining us is Assistant Special Agent in Charge of the New York Field Office for the Secret Service, Patrick Freeney. And uh, thank you for joining us. He told us before the show that uh, Assistant Special Agent in Charge is also ASAC. So I'm going to call him ASAC Freeney if he's okay with that. Works for me. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Let us get started. Uh, Now, before we get into the UN General Assembly, For our listeners, a brief history of the Secret Service.
4: Sure. Um, First, thanks for having me, Allison and Omar. I appreciate being here. Um, Some background for the Secret Service. So it was actually formed in July of 1865. Mm -hmm. And the original purpose of the Secret Service was to combat counterfeit currency. Right. So at that time, it it was believed that one third of all currency in circulation was counterfeit. So we actually didn't start with the protection aspect of our job to 1902, and that was following the assassination of President McKinley. So at that time, we picked up uh, presidential protection, and then the job constantly evolved. So in 1968, we picked up presidential candidates, and in 1971, we started protecting visiting heads of state, head of government uh, to United States. We were actually, when we formed, we were formed under the Department of Treasury mm-hmm. due to the counterfeit tie. Right. So in 2003, following 9-11, we actually... Left the Department of Treasury emerged into the Department of Homeland Security. So the Secret Service today has kind of evolved. So uh, we like to say we have an integrated mission. So it's still the protection aspect where we're protecting the president, vice president, others directed by the president, as well as visiting foreign heads of state, heads of government. As well as we have an investigative aspect to our job, we're constantly investigating to to safeguard the payment and financial systems of the United States uh, from computer based crimes and financial crimes.
2: It's a huge undertaking. Um, it's you know very much tied to the field of emergency management. That it's not just one job that you have. Mm-hmm. It may start as one mission, but it broadly expands over time. Um, so it's really interesting to hear that. I actually didn't know that it started as a counterfeit currency yeah. mission. Yeah,
4: and most people don't we're known for the protection aspect, right. but really it was to combat counterfeit currency.
2: That's incredible. Um so we were talking before about the UN General Assembly being in New York City. Um so for our listeners, it is one of the six main organs of the United Nations and it gives member states a forum to discuss and work together on a range of international issues, including peace, security and admission of new members. Um, It's also designated as what is called a National Special Security Event or an NSSE. Now, what does that mean?
4: Okay. So, so just some background, if I could, mm-hmm. for the NSSE and the framework of that. The NSSE framework was created in 2000 under the Presidential Protection Act. With that, it, it identified us as the lead agency in design and implementation of an operational security plan. So for something to be designated as an NSSE, there's certain criteria. Um, one is the anticipated attendance by US officials and FAR dignitaries. Mm-hmm. Two is the size of the event. And three, the significance of the event. So in this case, the Secretary of Homeland Security designated us as an NSSE. And it, the NSSC has a defined set of Dates. So, for in this case, it's from September 22nd to September 28th is when the NSSC is in effect. So, how we accomplish our mission with the NSSC as the lead agency in implementing and designing the security plan is we do that by forming partnerships with all our participating law enforcement, public safety officials, and military agencies. And really, the point of the NSSC is identifies the fact that not one agency it's able to execute this mission on its own. It's really a collaborative effort. And that's the important piece. It's due to all the work of our partners that we're able to work together in accomplishing this large-scale security event that that's coming to New York City.
1: Right, so you will have members like, you know, the Coast Guard, sure. NYPD, Emergency Management, FEMA, everybody's involved in this, right?
4: Sure. We have about, I would say, anywhere from about 20 to 30 law enforcement Public safety, different agencies involved in, in the planning and the execution of, of of the mission.
1: I'm glad that you mentioned the planning uh, for such a huge undertaking like the UN General Assembly. What are some of the security measures that are in place for planning an event like this? And when does that planning begin? Okay, Does so, it ever end, I guess? Well, <laughs> I, I,
4: I'll address that part last. Right. But, but yes, as far as the planning goes, so once an NSSC is designated, mm-hmm. the planning starts with the formation of what's called an executive steering committee. Right. So that executive steering committee um, then forms, in this case, approximately 20 subcommittees. For this event, different subcommittees would be emergency management, airspace security, crisis management, interagency communication, critical infrastructure protection, and fire life safety. And really, when you, when you're thinking about, or when the executive steering committee is considering developing the subcommittees, they're trying to address any potential security matter that they think could occur. Right, and that's how they that's how they decide which subcommittee is going to form and how they're going to be staffed. So, as far as the specifics, we we can't dis- discuss the means and methods or numbers right. utilized to, for our protective responsibilities. But what I can say is that a tremendous amount of advanced planning. And coordination in the development of the security plan has occurred. To go back to your last question of when the planning actually starts, I, I agree with you. I don't think it ever actually ends. Right. So as soon as the United Nations General Assembly 73rd session concluded, mm-hmm. all the subcommittees would meet up. They'd conduct an after-action review, after-action report, and, and examine what worked well. And where we could potentially improve. So for us it's it's constantly about making our product better and, and and looking to improve on on what we did uh on the previous one to just be able to create the best security plan that we can and in in doing that with our partners.
2: So you talk about ongoing planning, coordination. What type of training is required for such a high level event like this?
4: So we're pretty fortunate here in New York City in the sense that our our training is almost a continual process. The United Nations will end in September twenty ninth, September thirty, but our work with the New York City Police Department, the FDNY, mm-hmm. OEM, that doesn't stop. That conti- that continues throughout mm-hmm. the year. So in in that sense, we're 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 pretty fortunate that it doesn't take a large scale event to actually bring us together. But we're constantly working together every day, and, and that actually it solidifies strong working relationships that Absolutely. we're not looking to create right before a major event. It yeah. already exists.
1: Yes, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's important
4: uh, because I remember an emergency management
1: specialist once saying that you can't form those relationships when you get on the scene. Those relationships have to be formed beforehand and they really play a huge role in how you respond. If you know the players that are supposed to be uh, playing with you at the time of the event uh, or who's supposed to be in the room with you during that emergency, it goes a long way towards a a speedy response and an effective response. Yeah.
4: We build upon those relationships. And and for this event in particular, what we'll do that's different than a normal protective visit is we'll conduct tabletop exercises or different field exercises to stress the interagency communication, make sure that's present and there are no issues. So we we really build on relationships that we had and just enhance it somewhat.
2: Okay. So we've talked about event security, obviously coordinating with all of these partners to ensure the safety of those who are attending and those who are in New York City during this time. Um, But one thing that I think we always talk about is public messaging. It's Mm -hmm. an important component in a special event. Um, We use a lot of different methods to get the message out about the UN General Assembly being in town. Um, there are signs when you're driving into New York City, for example, that say, you know, there's a gridlock alert, take mass transit or, you know, be mindful of your surroundings, things of that nature. Um, this, So the Secret Service has um, a public affairs subcommittee in place. Can you speak right. about that mission?
4: All right. So what I can tell you is on the public affairs subcommittee, there's 15 different agencies that are represented mm-hmm. and the whole the whole purpose of that subcommittee is to deliver a consistent message right to the media, to the stakeholders, to the to the general public. And the whole point is I we don't want OEM saying one thing, Secret Service saying one thing, and the NYPD saying something different. So we all work together as as a collaborative group to really draft our message and make sure our message is consistent. And we, we try to really identify just the one voice. So all members are aware of the message going out and it's really a concerted effort.
1: And When people think about the Secret Service, people think about the UN General Assembly, they don't think about messaging per se, the average person. They're thinking about the security, you know, NYPD patrolling, Secret Service patrolling, but they're not thinking about how important having a concise, consistent, unified message is. And that's why, you know, subcommittees like the Public Affairs one is so important to a huge event like this.
4: Yeah, and I think it's an area where we can constantly improve at, mm-hmm. right? With the with the rise of social media and a way to get the message out. Because with such a large scale event, there, mm-hmm. needless to say, there probably will be inconveniences that right. that people will face. But in getting ahead of that and trying to identify that and deliver a message to to help the public navigate this during this busy week. Uh, is extremely important.
1: So what do you want the public to know about their security and then the security of the world leaders and the dignitaries that attend uh, the General
4: Assembly? Yeah. So I think it's really important to recognize that the public knows that providing for their security and and that of the world leaders is a responsibility that the men and women of the Secret Service, as well as the respective workforces of our partners, hold in the highest regard. Uh, Collectively, the law enforcement public safety community of New York City that have worked in this event have worked extremely hard in drafting the security plan and are dedicated to executing the mission. I think that's really important to note. And I, I'd also like to take a moment just to just to thank all our partners for for the hard work that they put forward. Um, and like I said, it, the Secret Service is not able to do this without the assistance of all the other partner agencies.
2: I love the fact that we are able to sit down and speak with you about this. Um, We've worked with the Secret Service um, on many occasions, um, the U.N. General Assembly many times. I I think it's very important for our listeners to understand that emergency management, as we always say, is a coordinated effort on the local, state, federal level. We work with our private sector partners. It is a shared responsibility to ensure the safety. Um, So we thank you for joining us.
4: No, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor.
2: All right. So for our listeners, it's rapid response time. Um, if you are a first time listener, it's very simple. Omar and I are going to be asking questions, and um, they will give their first answer that comes to mind.
3: It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response.
2: All right. First question for you uh, What is the one emergency item you cannot live without?
1: Water. <laughs> That's what everyone says. That's the that automatic the response. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That yeah. and the cell phone. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Um favorite cop or secret agent show or
4: movie? Jason Bourne. Ah.
1: I was just gonna
2: ah, say that. I love
4: it. I love it. Which now which I, I like the original. The original? The first one? The first one, yeah.
2: Yeah. The first one? Okay. Was... <laughs> yeah, the first one is the best one. <laughs> yeah. That or I would say the untouchables.
4: Huh? Oh. That's true. Yeah. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna yeah. kick it back a little bit. Yeah. I was a big fan
2: of that.
1: I'm a huge fan of uh, the Bourne movies for obvious reasons, but no, they're they're great. Uh, apart from sharing my name, oh, that's true. <laughs>
2: that's very true. But yes,
1: for our <laughs> listeners who, who might not have realized, yes, yep, that's true. No royalties come my way, unfortunately.
2: Here's <laughs> still hoping, right? Yeah. Um. So, where is one place you would like to visit?
1: Dubrovnik, Croatia. Mm, oh wow! Wow. So I imagine that you can be extremely busy as ASAP (laughs) Freeny. So uh, what do you do to
4: unwind? I I enjoy reading Mm. and in the sense that I'm always trying to learn more. Right. And and so I found especially as I get a little bit older Mm -hmm. I've really come around to enjoying reading.
1: It's very true and I feel the same way. I, I try to read as much as I can and just try to hone You know, my craft through reading, whether it's just a newspaper article or a a good book, just find ways in which I can improve as well.
2: Yeah, I think it's important to stay hungry for information. And we say that all the time, stay hungry for information and do your research and learn more, find out how you can improve, you know your job or even, you know, your lifestyle and keeping up with things. We were talking off air about, you know, having kids, you know, even doing research on that yeah. of things you can expect because one child's not the same as the other and, mm-hmm. you know, learning different things and different processes. So I'm with you on that. Yeah. Last question. Uh, sum up the work you do in one word.
4: Important. I think the work we do is extremely important. Every day is a different challenge. and um, Not that challenge is a bad thing, mm-hmm. but, it, a different set of circumstances, and and I think the work that we do in in protecting world leaders and and, and protecting the financial infrastructure of the country is extremely important. And uh, and I'm very proud of the men and women that I work with.
1: Uh, and we thank you for for the great work that you do.
4: No, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.